Shock Monkey Radio is entertainment for adults, by adults, and the views and opinions expressed here do not reflect upon the sponsors or FXBG Public Radio. For additional information, please refer to the United States Bill of Rights. Stand warned. Hello and welcome to Shock Monkey Radio. I am your host, the Madman. How you doing out there? Happy New Year to all of you using the Julian calendar and welcome to a new season of Shock Monkey Radio here on FXBG Public Radio. And we look forward to continued growth over the next year here on FXPG Public Radio and Shock Monkey Radio. Appreciate you listening. Happy New Year. Hey, have you ever wanted, like, have you ever fantasized about having, like, a 20-millimeter cannon mounted on the top of your car? You know, and so then you mash some invisible button on your steering wheel and go, and just shred the car in front of you as bits of metal comes flying off their car because they cut you off. Yeah, am I the only one that's ever fantasized about that? Just make sure your windows are up because, you know, people can hear you when making machine gun noises with your mouth. Yeah, so we have another year coming here on Shock Monkey Radio and FXBG Public Radio. Uh, I want to remind you that FXBG Public Radio has a Patreon. We go to patreon.com slash FXBG Public Radio. Uh, help us out there. You can also, I, you, can, you can also use uh, Shock Monkey Radio's Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Shock Monkey Radio. I would appreciate appreciate that as well. FXVG Public Radio also has a live 365 app uh, channel or whatever like that, where you can listen to music and stuff like that, uh, courtesy of FXVG Public Radio. So check that out. Um, yeah. Yeah. Check all that out. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe to these videos. I would appreciate it. Uh, comment. Comment below. You know, Tell me what an idiot I am. I understand how ugly I am. I get it. I used to comment on my own videos. Just out of boredom. Uh, so, yeah. My bullshit sense is tingling. So, here's the thing. You ever think that Spider-Man is, is just making up his Spider-Sense power? I mean, maybe he's so agile and his bonus to dodge is so high that it just looks like he knows when danger is coming. And so he's just making up these powers to pad his superhero resume. It's like being Universal Destruction Man, hanging out with a supergroup and always asking them if you should use your power. It makes me wonder if Spider-Man feels bad that he didn't get the ability to shoot webs when bitten by a radioactive spider. After all, it's the first thing he did once he got his powers. He's like, what? All these spider-like powers and no webs? I can't be Ant-Man. <laughs> it's like he felt cheated by, by his superpowers. That he got right out of the gate. You know, right out of the gate, he felt cheated by his, super, by his superpowers. So it wouldn't surprise me that he's making up the entire Spider-Sense power. And now that I'm thinking about superheroes, why doesn't Daredevil lick more things? Sure, he smells all, all sorts of stuff in the comic books with his enhanced senses. But I am pretty sure that the human sense of taste is better than the sense of smell. So Foggy Nelson will be standing there screaming at Matt Murdock, Don't lick the bloodstain, Matt! No, no, no! Oh, it's B-positive blood. Is it worth it enough, though, Matt? Is it worth it? Anyway, let's go on to the next rant. Might be a show, short show today. Who knows? So, does Will Smith ever have to go to the DMV? Seriously, what is the Hollywood DMV like? It would seem unfair to me if George Clooney doesn't have to deal with the same surly bitches that we normal people have to deal with. If every employee at the Hollywood DMV geeks out at every customer that comes into their window, Oh, girl, Ann Hesh's number's 40, uh, 74 today. Oh, shit. <laughs> that doesn't seem right to me. 
Do you think Eva Mendez's driver's license picture looks like shit? No, of course not. It's Eva Mendez. To be honest, personal assistants probably handle all that DMV nonsense for the celebrities. But certainly Sean Connery had to take a driving test at some point. I'll be damned if you think I can't parallel out park. I mean, you, you could say that people as famous as that probably get driven everywhere with limousines and so forth. But even someone like Robert Downey Jr. may want a driver's license just for shits and giggles. I mean, what's the point of being rich and famous if you can't buy a Ferrari and drive it? Maybe the Hollywood DMV makes house calls for these uber-famous people. Maybe the Hollywood DMV is only populated by grips, set and sound designers, camera operators, you know, all the real hard-working people in entertainment. So maybe Danny Elfman catches some attitude from the DMV employees like the rest of us common people, only because no one knows what Danny Elfman looks like. They probably ask him stupid questions, are you Jenna Elfman's brother? Hell, for all I know, the Hollywood DMV is run by the Church of Scientology. I just think it's a fun idea that some lucky DMV worker is, get, uh, is getting to tell Johnny Depp that he failed a written test and has to come in again tomorrow to take it. Plus, they would all have to be wearing their corrective lenses and probably not wearing their red carpet best, so the idea of Natalie Portman in glasses and sweatpants and shuffling through a DMV line while wearing pink fuzzy slippers is somewhat entertaining to me. Moving right along. So I watched this weird series on Netflix called Maniac. I'm not sure if I've talked about this already or not, but I'm going to talk about it today. It's not good. It's not good at all. It's too Japanese to be good. See, I don't like manga and anime. And people would tell me, though, oh, this is the best anime ever made and you have to watch it. And after much protestation, and I, after much protestation, I acquiesce and I watch it. And it's shit. Just awful, awful shit. Nothing against the Japanese people, but they really don't do entertainment well. Anime and manga may be pure shit, but Maniac is shit-flavored puke. I don't know. It seems Japanese people have a serious problem with depression, probably due to the fact that they have no grasp on humor. There are moments when watching, you think to yourself, was that a joke? Or did they want to undersell it to make it seem organic, which it never does? There are so many mommy issues in this series that it makes Sally Field seem sick and twisted. And the idea of Japanese and American cultures are so incongruous that places like San Francisco and the world of Blade Runner seem like pure fantasy. Americans have a very firm grasp on humor, while it seems to confuse the Japanese people because it doesn't fit within the ledger that is their literature. I think that they take themselves too seriously which results in absurdities like used panties and vending machines, tentacle porn, and the concept of honorable suicide. Another thing, screaming, screaming in Japanese before a procedure does not convey authority or ceremony. It just looks like a crazy person who is about to fly their plane into an American destroyer. This is not a racism thing. Japanese culture is objectively weird. And Maniac, like I said, is too Japanese to be good. Throw on top of that Jonah Hill and Emma Stone. I do not like Jonah Hill. I do not like that person. I don't like him. He has a very punchable, punchable face, and I cannot ever see myself not liking, not ever not liking that person. I can't take that too seriously because in real life, Jonah Hill could be a real sweetheart, nicest guy ever, but for some reason, I hate seeing him on screen. I do not like him in any movie role, and I just don't like him. As for Emma Stone, well, I never saw what all the fuss was about. She keeps getting cast in these roles, obviously meant for an attractive woman, like a, like a leading lady, but they cast Emma Stone instead. I don't get it. Do some people think her weird alien face is attractive? 
I don't get it. I just don't get it. Maniac, two out of 13 stars. Don't bother unless you hate your family, specifically your mother, and are sexually attracted to computers that sound like Sally Field. Who's Sally Field? You find Sally Field attractive? Emma Stone attractive? Weird alien face. Well, you can have her, buddy. I won't get in the way between, of, between you and Emma Stone. I don't know if I'm just confused or distracted by the red hair, but yes, yes, something about her. I think you are, you're, she's working her ginger magic on you. <laughs> it's working. <clears throat> Fine. Anywho, it, uh, this was all sort of interesting. It's just an interesting side note, but there was a side bit in Maniac that got me thinking. The ad buddy. See, if you don't have enough money for lunch or to the train home, you can get an ad buddy to cover your cost. But then a person comes to you and reads advertisements to you while you eat or while you're on the train. Not only does this sound annoying, it doesn't seem like a good business model at all. First of all, the ad buddy company needs to hire an employee for each member or user of the service, a person who needs a salary and benefits and a paid time off. Also, you need a wide network of employees with transportation to respond quickly to the service. Plus, there's the problem of people being people being distracted by small talk, which happens a lot in the series Maniac with the ad buddies. That means ads aren't being read, and that's wasted money for the ad buddy company. Also, we're talking about ads here. There cannot be much value to ads delivered in this manner. How many ads does it take to pay for Emma Stone's lunch? And can ad buddy read them all in the time it takes her to eat her lunch? Seems pretty inefficient and wasteful to me. I don't know how AdBuddy is in business. After all, I don't remember hearing any promotional codes to help the advertisers track their ads and therefore the efficiency of the advertisements. Also, couldn't homeless people use and abuse the AdBuddy system? Could they not get every meal pay for, paid for as long as they can tolerate somebody reading ads to them all night while they sleep on the streets? Could they use AdBuddy at a hotel? Do they even need to sleep on the street anymore with a charity known as AdBuddy in full swing? Don't get me wrong, if it gets the hungry fed and the homeless sheltered, maybe Ad Buddy is a good thing. But what is the point of advertising to people who cannot afford your product or service? Maybe Ad Buddy is a charity, or worse, government subsidized. If it is a charity, great. So they can use it, uh, the ad revenue to cover their costs of operation, which would be substantial considering how many people they must employ. Anyway, I have no idea how Ad Buddy makes money. Seems like they are in way over their heads. Way, uh, excuse me, they're way over out. Ugh, it seems like they're way out over their skis. <laughs> but that poop eating robot that sprays chemicals afterwards, that's a billion dollar idea. All righty, cruised right through that in 15 minutes. That's nice. So let's get straight into the news worth knowing. I wet my whistle here. Mm. Okay. So uh, let's talk about this Georgia thing just for a little bit. Uh, Georgia, Georgia, sent off, uh, Georgia Senate runoff winners may not be known tonight. It could be deja vu in Georgia as the state on Tuesday holds twin Senate runoff elections that will determine if the Republicans keep the majority in the chamber or if the Democrats control both, house, uh, both houses of Congress as well as the White House. Two months after the presidential election, results in Georgia and a handful of other key battleground states went into overtime. With the race is not called in, uh, with the not race is not called in some cases until four days after election day. There's a good chance it could happen again in the runoff contests. "Quote: We can expect a very, very close election," veteran uh, Georgia-based GOP consultant Chip Lake told Fox News. 
quote, an election that might be so close that we do, do not no, we might not know who won those races on Tuesday night. It could be a few days until af- <clears throat> could be a few days after that uh, until all the votes are counted. In the general election, 4.9 million people cast their ballots, shattering the Peach State's previous turnout record. Uh, fast forward two months, and the states uh, states break breaking a turnout record for the runoff contests. Uh, more than three million people, or two fifths, forty percent of the uh, state's registered voters. Uh, have already cast a ballot in the runoffs, either though either through in, early in-person voting or by absentee ballot, and anywhere from eight hundred thousand to pos- to possibly over a million people will vote on election day. "Quote: I anticipate there will be a high turnout." Gabriel Sterling, the voting systems implementation manager for the Georgia Secretary of State's office, told reporters on Monday. The heavy turnout, both before and on election day, is once again uh, forming a perfect storm that could put Americans back in a familiar place, not knowing whether they go to uh, when they go to sleep on Tuesday night, whether Republican Senator David Perdue or Kelly Loeffler won re-election, or if uh, Democratic challengers John Ossoff and Rachel Warnock defeated the GOP incumbents. The polls in Georgia are scheduled to close at 7 p.m. Eastern on election day, and that's when the ballot counting is allowed to begin. Absentee ballots uh, ballots must be received by the poll closing time to be counted. There is an exception for military and overseas ballots. Uh, if they're postmarked by Tuesday and received by Friday, they will be counted. And absentee voters have until Friday to fix problems with their ballots so their votes can be counted. While absentee ballots received ahead of election day can't be counted until the polls uh, close, county election officials uh, were allowed to begin processing the, those ballots in advance. That includes verifying signatures in the outer envelope of the ballot, opening the envelopes, and scanning the ballots. Uh, We could see the leads in the Twin Senate contest shift after the polls close and the counting begins, which is what happened with the state's uh, White House race between President Trump and President-elect Joe Biden. Trump was ahead of Biden by roughly 100,000 votes in Georgia the morning after the November election. But as more votes were counted, the president's lead deteriorated and Biden eventually won the state by nearly 12,000 votes, a margin that was upheld in two ensuing, ensuing recounts and certified by the state. Purdue and Loeffler also could also jump out to an early lead Tuesday night for a couple of reasons. Uh, Republican areas of the state often report their uh, results first, and Republican voters are more likely to vote on Election Day or at uh, early in-posting polling stations. Bless you. (laughs) Those votes are often counted first by many of Georgia's uh, counties. Heavily heavily Democratic counties, including Atlanta and surrounding inner suburbs, have traditionally been slower in vote counting and election results. And since more Democrats than Republicans are expected to vote by absentee ballot, ballot, uh, late Late return ballots, which will be counted after in-person election day votes, will likely favor Ossoff and Warnock. One thing to remember, if the final margins in either of those contests are within 0.5% of the vote, the losing candidate under Georgia law has the right to ask for a recount. So just so you know, Republicans of Georgia, I hope you're getting out there and voting. Uh, by the time you hear this, it's like, I, ho- I hope you've already voted. <laughs> and so, because, uh, yeah, you don't want Democrats controlling everything in the government because that's just stupid no matter what, no matter what you believe. It shouldn't be one party control ever, ever. And so, um, you know, I don't like talking about this stuff lately because it's just very depressing. Um, because you know, you it, it's like they said, you know, these Republican counties, they uh, they tend they tend to be quick because they do it legally. You know, all these uh, Democrat areas, you know, it takes them a while because they wait to hear how everything's coming in. They need to know how many votes they need to uh, fake. <laughs> 
so that they can win unsuspiciously. And so that's why I don't want like talking about this stuff too much. It just irritates me. It makes me angry. Now, I'd rather get angry at like people, people on the highway dreaming, wishing I had a, a gun mounted at the top of my car. So let's go to this uh, zinger from uh, Governor Ron DeSantis, who scolded a CNN reporter after a snarky question about coronavirus vaccine rollout. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis scolded CNN reporter Rosa Flores on Monday after she appeared to blame him for coronavirus vaccine distribution issues at local hospitals. Flores uh, shouted during a press conference, Governor, what has gone wrong with the rollout of the vaccine that we've uh, seen phone lines jammed, websites crashing? DeSantis, a Republican, responded uh, that there is a lot of demand as the CNN reporter continued to speak over him. Excuse me, excuse me, you just said... What has gone wrong? So I'm answering the question, DeSantis said, as Flores continued to speak over him. If I could complete the question, though, she said, DeSantis fired back. So are you going to give a speech or are you going to ask a question? You asked a question and I'm going to answer it. The CNN reporter urged DeSantis to to let her finish, but the governor said, no, you asked a question. I'm trying to ask you, Flores said after DeSantis cut her off. How many questions? You get three? They only got one question, he said, pointing to other reporters other reporters. Why do you get three? With all due respect, Governor, Flores said, I'm just asking if I could finish my question. You finished the question, DeSantis said, as Flores snapped back, I did not. The CNN reporter uh, went on to simply repeat the original question. What what went wrong with the rollout of the vaccine when you've seen the phone lines jammed, websites crashing? Um, Flores said as DeSantis chimed in, so you're repeating your question. To complete it for you, Governor, we've, uh, we've seen websites crash and also senior citizens waiting overnight for the vaccine, Flores said. DeSantis uh, criticized the CNN reporter for not researching her question, noting that the coronavirus vaccine was distributed to hospitals and the hospitals decide how to dispense it. Flores then de- accused DeSantis of not having a plan to ensure senior citizens don't have to wait in long lines for the vaccine. So the state is not dictating to hospitals that they, uh, that would be a total disa- disaster, DeSantis said. The encounter mirrored dozens of moments over the past few years between President Trump and liberal reporters. CNN's uh, White House correspondent Jim Acosta, who is widely known for his aggressive questioning of uh, Trump officials that is often seen as grandstanding, defended his colleague. Actually, our at Rosa Flores does a fantastic job here, insisting that the governor answer the question. It's too bad DeSantis frequently interrupts and insults Rosa, but we've seen that routine before, Acosta tweeted. All right, here's the thing. That's the point. It's like, that's why they bring up Jim Acosta's quote is like there's something that happened over the past 10 to 15 years in journalism where it's become more of a these questions are intentionally molded to uh to state their position and not actually find any object you know a, a question an objective question they want to spin the narrative and so when you have when you have questions a question is very simple where's the beef all right, where's the beef? Where's the beef? It's it's that would be a better question to ask Ron DeSantis. It's like, Governor DeSantis, where's the beef? You know, because that's a very clear and concise question. If you start asking, if you start adding more words to a question, then you start talking about a narrative. All right. Where is the beef in relation to other beef in comparison to other beefs and, and how they are treated in the way? I mean, are we talking about beef with cheese on it? Are we talking about beef on a bun? Or are we talking about beef? Are we talking about beef steak? See, if you keep adding words, then you start creating a narrative. You start creating a narrative. 
And that's what they're doing. That's what's happening in this kind of a journalism thing where it's no longer about uh, reporting the news. It's about making the news. Making the news they, the way they see fit. And it's, and it's good that it's happening to somebody other than Trump and somebody else is standing up to the media in regards to this because they've been, they've been uh, allowed to do this for far too long. For far too long. Anyway, let's go on to the next story. Uh, Proud Boys leader to appear in court as D.C. preps for pro-Trump rallies, electoral college certification. So if you live in the area like we do, we live in Fredericksburg, about an hour away from D.C., you know, it's like a bunch of people coming to town. I don't know what D.C. is going to be like in the next few days, but let's talk about this. Uh, Proud Boys leader Henry Enrique Tario will appear before a Superior Court judge in Washington, D.C. Tuesday, um, a day after he was arrested for allegedly burning a Black Lives Matter banner outside a historic black church during demonstrations last month. Shouldn't destroy property, bro. That's all there's to it. Uh, the 36-year-old from Miami returned to, to uh, the nation's capital a week ahead of, ad- of additional protests planned by Trump supporters for Tuesday and Wednesday, as the newly sworn-in Congress will meet to officially count and ratify Electoral College v- votes as part of the final formal steps before President-elect Joe Biden is sworn in on January 20th. Tario is scheduled to be arraigned before D.C. Superior Court Judge Jonathan Pittman sometime after 1 p.m. on Tuesday, Fox News has learned. It was unclear whether he will be escorted in person by U.S. Marshals or he will appear virtually. Uh, Heightened security measures are being taken around the Capitol Hill complex ahead of anticipated demonstrations connected to the Electoral College certification Wednesday. And Metropolitan Police has has advised that there will be extensive parking restrictions and street closures throughout the District of Columbia. When moving to and from the uh, House office buildings in the Capitol, U.S. Capitol Police has encouraged members of Congress and staff to use the underground access points and the Cannon and Raybill, Rayburn tunnels in lieu of working outdoors or driving to the Capitol Plaza, according to a security memo. memo. Members were encouraged to arrive before 9 a.m. Wednesday before large crowds are, are expected to gather. Tario was arrested by Metropolitan Police officers on Monday. Ooh, burp, excuse me. Quote, uh, upon entering the District of Columbia and pursuant to D.C. Superior Court arrest warrant. Police spokesman Alania. Yeah, Alania. All right. Elena. Excuse me. Elena Gertz uh, confirmed to Fox News. She was char- he was charged with destruction of property and related, related to an offense that occurred on Saturday, December 12th in the 900 block of 11th Street North, Northwest. A video circulated online in, conten- in connection with the December incident at Asbury United Methodist Church uh, showed a group of people call out, we are proud of our boys, before pouring an apparent accelerant on a BLM manor, banner and setting it ablaze in the street. Others cheered and cursed Antifa. Someone is seen walking up, to, uh, walking up about a minute later and uses a fire extinguisher to put out the flames. At the time of his arrest, police said Tario was found to be in possession of two high-capacity firearm magazines. He, had, he, was, uh, he was additionally charged with possession of a high-capacity defeating device. In a phone interview last month, uh, Tario, who was in Miami at the time, told the Washington Post that he was among a group of individuals who participated in burning the banner and that he would plead guilty to destruction of property, pay the church the cost of the banner, and surrender to authorities if that criminal charge was filed. The police uh, department said in December that it was investigating the offense as potentially being motivated in, in whole or by part by, by hate or bias, though Tario has not been charged with a hate crime. 
John Pierce, the high-profile attorney representing 17-year-old Kenosha gunman Kyle Rittenhouse, said in a statement on Fox News, to Fox News on Tuesday that while he is not formally representing Tari or, or a second man arrested, Chandler Pappas, at this point, uh, quote, there are decisions underway and I stand, stand by to help if needed. Quote, Chandler and Enrique are both patriotic uh, Americans who bravely and consistently defended our way of life for the past year, Pierce said. As the globalist Marxists attempt to destroy America and our way of uh, life from within, we are taking more and more political prisoners like Kyle Rittenhouse, Chandler Pappas, and Enrique Tario. This is extremely dangerous and needs to stop immediately. All freedom-loving Americans must do everything they can to fight back. President Trump and his campaign team have disputed the election results and have brought their claims to court throughout the country, and nearly all of those legal challenges have failed. A group of GOP senators led by Senator Ted Cruz of Texas that said that they will, they will object to Wednesday certification of the election results unless there is an emergency 10-day audit of the results by an electoral commission. D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser said Monday that some 340 National Guard soldiers were activated while the city prepared for uh, potentially violent protests this week. On Sunday, the Democratic leader who has been a staunch critic of Trump advised residents not to engage with demonstrators who come to the city seeking confirmation. And we do what we uh, must to ensure that all who attend remain peaceful. Businesses in downtown D.C. have begun boarding up glass windows and doors with plywood, WRC-TV reported. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Bowser reminded the public that anyone attending the, uh, the rally that firearms are pro prohibited within 1,000 feet of any First Amendment activity. <laughs> Doesn't that sound weird? The First Amendment needs to be a thousand feet from the Second Amendment. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so the restraining order against the First Amendment. Uh, police have been posting signs near where the rally is set to take place, notifying the public that all firearms will be prohibited, even for city residents who have concealed carry permit. Jeez Louise. Thousands attended two pro-Trump rallies in D.C. on December 12th, just two days before the Electoral College uh, met to formally elect Biden as the 46th president. After the rallies ended, downtown Washington quickly devolved into crowds of hundreds of Proud Boys and combined forces of Antifa and local black activists, both sides seeking a confrontation in an area flooded with police officers. As dusk fell, they fe uh, faced off on opposite sides of the streets with multiple lines of city police and federal park police, some in riot gear, keeping them separated. Police said they arrested nearly 30 people for, for a variety of offenses, from assault to weapons possession and resisting arrests and rioting after sundown. Is it better to write riot during the day? I guess. Anyway, uh, or is it legal in the day? I don't know. Uh, in addition to uh, the banner burning at Asbury Methodist Church, another video showed up of men appearing to take down a Black Lives Matter sign at the Metropolitan AME Church as others in the crowd shout, whose streets, our streets. You've heard all that before, I'm sure. In an interview with the Associated Press Monday night, Reverend, Reverend Dr. Lanther Mills, senior pastor at Asbury, said the church communities in some ways, in some ways, of course, feeling some relief following Atario's arrest. Quote, we just want to see justice done, Mills said, adding that we remain to be concerned. Uh, we remain concerned, we still remain concerned about the high number of expected protesters in the area in the coming days. Uh, she explained that Asbury saw another Black Lives Matter sign taken from its location over the Christmas holiday, prop prompting her to formally request extra, extra protection for the church during Wednesday's planned protests. So um, I just have a general rule of thumb when it comes to things like this. For me and my life, stay away. Don't go to these things. No matter how you feel about it, it's like you don't, 
don't. It's just better for you not to do these things. <laughs> don't go to protests. And there's people out there. There's people out there that want to say the Proud Boys are some far right, you know, racists, and they're they're not. They're not. He shouldn't destroy property, somebody else's property, obviously. And that's I think he's being charged uh, in proportion to that crime. All right. But anyway, I'm just not the kind of guy who says, oh, I feel like I have to go to D.C. and <laughs> risk some craziness happening to me in this crazy-ass world we live in. It's 2021. Time to grow up, everybody. Time to put on your big boy pants. All right, let's go on to this next story. Uh, Los Angeles counselor fatally beaten at children's home trying to break up a fight. Four minors and two adults arrested. Blessed are the peacemakers. Okay, so a, Calif- a counselor at a California home for troubled or impaired youth was beaten to death after trying to break up a fight while at work, police announced. Six people, including four minors, were arrested following Saturday's fatal attack on 25-year-old David McKnight Hillman at Wayfair Family Services in Los Angeles, the L.A. County Sheriff's Department said in, in a Monday evening press, press release. Police said that they were called to the Angeles, uh, Angeles Boulevard Vista facility shortly before 10 p.m. Saturday for a report of juveniles involved in a fight. Deputies arrived to find McKnight Hillman suffering from what appeared to be blunt force trauma injuries, police said. The counselor was rushed to an area hospital but could not be saved, police said. Investigators determined McKnight Hillman, whose job included caring for the residents every day, was brutally beaten after trying to intervene in a fight, officials said. Police are still working to identify a motive in the attack. Four minors and two 18-year-olds have been arrested in connection with the death, and a fifth juvenile is still on the loose uh, as of the time of the press release's publication. The 18-year-olds will be charged with murder, police said. Wayf- uh, Wayfinder Family Services is a nonprofit facility that provides housing, housing and support for juveniles and adults, its website states. It, it also provides services for people who are visually impaired and, or have special needs. A Wayfair spokes, Wayf- Wayfinder spokesperson did not immediately respond to Fox News' request for comment. So, I mean, there's people out there that are trying to fight the good fight in terms of making the world a better place. You know, sometimes kids fight. I get it. And sometimes you're, you're a counselor involved in some home. Fight breaks out. You don't, you don't necessarily know that's, that could be the end of your life, trying to get involved in that. He just felt the, the need to stop people from fighting. And blessed are the peacemakers. And I'm, I mean that. I mean, this guy gave his life trying to promote peace. Actual peace between people. And it's not like world peace or anything like that. It's just peace here and now. And we should all be working towards peace here and now. So, David McKnight Hillman, God bless you. Rest in peace. That's a, that's a crying shame. That's a crying shame. But that's a good fight. That's how, that's how it's got to go. That's how it's got to go. That's a good fight. All right. You got two happier stories before we end this quite early. A skier in New York rescued after dangling from chairlift at resort. Video shows. Go find this video. <laughs> it's fun. It's funny. It doesn't seem that, I guess as a person who's like jumped from like two story buildings and stuff like that, I've, I, I'm not that scared of the, the distance. We're talking about like 30 feet, you know, 30 or 40 feet. Maybe she was in the air. If that, if that. And so, uh, go, go find this video. It's funny. Uh, a skier dangling, uh, by her jacket from a chairlift is saved in a dramatic rescue at an upstate, upstate New York ski resort. A hair raising video now shows. 
Quote, I was about to get in line for the chairlift when I saw a person dangling. Ja uh, Jacqueline Hawk, H-O-C-C-H, Hawk, who recorded the terrifying scene, told Storyful. Hawk said she believes the girl had been hanging there for a little over two minutes before ski patrol members got into position with an outstretched tarp below her. The girl has, uh, was seen letting go and falling into the trap to applause from fellow skiers. Officials at the resort say they believe the skier wasn't injured. Spectrum News reported. It's un unclear how she slipped out or fell out of the chairlift. Uh, the resort says it plans to launch an investigation into the incident, Spectrum reported. So you can, you can watch the video. She's just dangling there by her jacket. It must have been a terrifying couple of minutes, and you know how it is when, like, uh, <laughs> when fear is pulsing through your veins, you know, it seems like an eternity. But, uh, you know, it's pretty fast response. They're talking that she's dangling there for two minutes, and then all of a sudden, you know, you got a bunch of ski employees, all the guys in the red jackets, you know, they're out there, and they, they're pulling out a tarp already. So I wonder how often this happens. And what were you doing in the ski lift? Usually there's a bar that comes down. Uh, I wonder if you just like wiggled through it or something like that. Or are you goofing around? I don't know. I don't know. All right, let's go to this last story. Then may, may have to vamp for a while because uh, EK's not in the room. Figure out, figure out something. Figure out something. All right, so Arkansas doctor clears debt for cancer, cancer patients as New Year's gesture. Uh, total debt cleared was over $650,000 for 200 patients. Uh, an Arkansas doctor gave uh, hundreds of patients a clean, clean bill to start the new year when he cleared their debt. Dr. Omar Atik closed his cancer clinic in Pine Bluffs after nearly three decades of business. As part of the process, he needed to, uh, needed to wind down outstanding debts. He tried for months to work with the billing company to resolve the matter, but he quickly decided it wasn't worth it. Quote, over time, I realized that there were people who were just unable to pay, uh, Dr. Atik told uh, Good Morning America. So my wife and I, as a family, we thought about it and looked at forgiving all the debt. Dr. Atik's practice never turned away people who were sick simply because of the lack of insurance or funds. Around 200 of Dr. Atik's former patients received a notice from the clinic, uh, notice that the clinic was closing and their debt had to be cleared had been cleared. The total amount cleared was a little over $650,000. Quote, I saw patients over the years who just didn't have anything or who went bankrupt trying to pay for their treatment, Dr. Atik said. In many ways, this seems like a totally unfair situation. The billing company, RMC of America, said it was, quote, a very kind gesture. Quote, I just hope it made, a little bit, made it a little bit easier for them. That's it, Dr. Atik added. Quote, I just hope that it can give them some sigh of relief and make it easier for them so they could face other challenges that they may, fa may be facing in their lives. Yeah, he, he was probably trying to get out of from under this debt. <laughs> and he probably, probably couldn't leave the state and go retire in Florida until he, you know, uh, resolved all that. So maybe, maybe that's... That's his reason for doing doing what he did. However, you know, so people get their uh, their their debt cleared from their cancer treatment. That's kind of a good thing, no matter how you how you cut it, no matter the reason, you know. And it could be that maybe that's why that law exists. Is <laughs> maybe the doctor the doctor will pay off people's cancer treatment so he can move on down to Florida, <laughs> drink uh, drink daiquiris, drink daiquiris for the rest of his days. Anyway, I know this is way early. This is only like not even forty minutes show. 
And so, uh, yeah, I just want to remind you to go over to uh, patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio. Become a patron. I would appreciate it. There you have plenty of options. You know, you can become a silent partner or you can, like, hijack the news worth knowing, you know, decide what we talk about instead of the, the news stories, you know, that I usually do. You can become a, become a sponsor, an advertiser on uh, the Shock Monkey Radio Show. You could do that. Uh, please like, share, and subscribe these videos. You know, tell people about my show. Uh, I would appreciate that as well. Uh, Fredericksburg Public Radio, FXPG Public Radio, is on your Live 365 app. They have a channel on there where you can listen to music and stuff like that on Live 365. They also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash fxbgpublicradio. You should check that out as well. I have books available on Amazon. Check out The Bunny Years, a memoir. Um, <laughs> what is it? <laughs> Ravings of a Bad Man and the Exit 13 series. Look for the author Scott L. Robbins with two T's and two B's on Amazon uh, for digital download. Anyway, so this has been uh, Shock Monkey Radio. Happy New Year, and I love you. <laughs>